welcome back to We Are the Batman. My name's Mike. And this is Matthew. This is your Batman show where we talk all things Batman, whether it's news, whether it's just us looking for something Batman related to talk about. It, it we're we're here. Um how are you, Matthew? I'm doing well. Got got a, you know, one of those days of just chill. And then of course you can't just chill, so then you realize like, oh yeah, podcast today. I should research things. Yeah, <laughs> we probably know some things. Well, speaking of research and getting and learning some things, that's actually what we're doing today. But we're we're learning about you because last week you interviewed me about me, and I'm I'm flipping the script. And today we're going to learn about Matthew and his long history. Not that long. He's not that old <laughs> of being a Batman fan. I mean, you know, depending on what your definition of old is, I'm pretty up there. <laughs> I, say, I, I saved it there in the end. Don't take this away from me. So. <laughs> so let's 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 pull kind of like what you did last week i'm gonna i'm gonna start off with some rapid fire questions here real quick and then we'll get into some of the more deep dive stuff sure. um so right off the bat uh favorite bat suit uh cinematic or comics favorite bat suit favorite bat suit uh <laughs> the neil adams batman suit is the one i love the most it, neil adams batman that oh, is yeah. the gray blue with the yellow oval I know it's kind of cheesy in a way, but like that is the suit that I want to see them make live action. Now I know it's virtually impossible because no one's built like that, but I think that color scheme, even if you darkened it up a bit, because not until the late nineties was Batman's costume ever black. Right. Like it was kind of a dramatic thing. I mean, you had a little bit of that with the original stuff, but like for the most part, all through like the 50s, 60s, 70s, most of the 80s into the 90s, he had that blue and gray, which is why I've always kind of said, like, I don't like the fact that Batman traditionally in film isn't an all black costume. Um, Yeah. And I'm glad we're kind of getting away from that. It seems like too, finally, because because Ben Affleck's was was gray and. And it, the cape and the, that were black, but you could, but they were more of just a dark gray. And Pattinson's is a lot more different as well. So yeah, I think we're, I think we're finally getting away from that. Well, and to me, what it does is when you're when he's dressing all black, it looks cool at night, but it looks ridiculous if he's walking around during the day. Well, because whenever you see those, whenever you see those like shots of him in the light, whether it's back in the cave or something, you realize how just kind of ridiculous it actually looks. Yeah, and that so that's where, and I also like I you know a. I, the other thing too, and when you look at some of those old comics is like, he was just wearing a cloth costume. The more armored, the more tech, the more bulletproof he gets, the more it's just a dude who could afford to buy the outfit. So the idea of it just being cloth, even though, you know, I know it doesn't technically make sense. The more advanced things go, the more people, you know, everybody can carry a gun. He probably would be bulletproof. Yeah. But again, like the, the the as much as I cinematically probably like the Batman Begins suit very very much, the idea that he's completely bulletproof, completely stab proof. Well, then why do you have any skills? <laughs> it's true. It's a good point. Like, put it's your hands true. over your 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 mouth and just run at people. <laughs> Pretty much. Um. So then let me take you into. So what's your favorite movie? You know. I, I, I knew this was going to come. I think I still have to stay the dark Knight as far as favorite Batman movies. Um, 
only because I think it is a slightly tighter movie than the Batman. Okay. Um, I mean, but, it is shorter. <laughs> yeah, it's it. I mean, the Batman is really good and I really like that world. But even I being as, as much of a fan of it, I did have a moment of like, oh, we're still going. OK, OK, that's right. This hasn't <laughs> been resolved yet. I didn't mind it, but I did have that like, oh, there's more. Whereas I think the first time I watched The Dark Knight, I was just blown away. There was no time of like, like, what's happening? Why? Why are we still here? It was just kind of like, oh, oh. Oh, you know, so that's, I think, why for me personally, when I think of like favorites, I also have to go back to how did I feel the moment I walked out of the theater? Right. And when I remember walking at when I finished watching The Dark Knight, I was still very deep into be thinking I was going to doing films and making films. I remember like leaving and calling my buddy and going like, yeah, I'm not going to make any movies anymore. I can never top that. I can never make anything right. anywhere near as good as this. I'm done. <laughs> Uh, we always uh, all of us who have dabbled in in filmmaking have had those moments where we go see a movie and we're like you know what maybe i'm no no i'm never gonna i got nothing in me even close to this uh it, yeah i'm done <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um, so who has been your favorite actor to portray batman here we go um i think i still have to give it to kilmer i still have to give it to val kilmer I will um, forever be perplexed at how much you love Val Kilmer as Batman. <laughs> I think he, in my opinion, is still the only person who ever played um, always Batman dressing up as Bruce Wayne. Played. Portrayed it that way. I don't think anyone's portrayed it that way. It's been said that, but it hasn't been portrayed that. On the flip... I do have to say this about Pattinson. No one has ever been able to act through the cowl like he has, but he he hasn't been Bruce Wayne yet. So it's true. His maybe Bruce Wayne does, is still uh, in development. Yeah. So you give me two, three more movies to, to simmer with him. Maybe he comes back to the top, but yeah, now I'm not going to defend Batman forever because you know, most of that movie's crap, but the movie that Val Kilmer is making, I really want to see <laughs> or the bell, the movie Val Kilmer thinks he's in when he's making that movie. I want to see that movie. That is not the movie Joel Schumacher was making. <laughs> no, no one's really sure what movie Joel Schumacher was trying to make. Um, so in the, in the mythos of Batman, who is your favorite bat member of Batman's Rose gallery? Who's your favorite bat villain? Uh, Ray Shal Ghul. Definitely Ray Shal Ghul. Um, okay. Just, just because just a smart, just as physically capable. And I think of any of the people in his various rogues gallery, he really should be working with him. And I like that. It's like, there's just that two, three steps that Rachel Ghoul is willing to go. That Batman's like, Nope, now you're going into villain territory. Your mama, I'm not working with you. Yeah. So I no, like yeah, that I, I, dynamic. And then uh, this is a little bit of a weird one, but what's your favorite Batman theme song? My favorite Batman theme song? Whew. Uh, you know, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of the movie, like the theme that plays when he's flying the Batplane through in Batman 89, that theme song is... Just like, yeah. 
That Danny Elfman theme is so good. <laughs> yeah. He, like, it's the, really good. There's parts of it that I think gets a little eh. The Prince of music for me is better than the, the score, but that's just because, you know, Prince just leaned into whatever they wanted him to do. Yeah. But no, it's something about that. Like, like the, the one day race, my son and I were playing with some of his Imaginic toys years ago and he had the bat wing and I'm like, you know, I'm doing, and I'm like, am I doing the, I don't even like that movie. Why am I singing that theme? Oh, <laughs> so I think, but yeah, I think that that's probably my favorite, even though I got a soft space in my heart for uh, the brave and the bold theme song. <laughs> it's the bongos. It's it's the excessive yes. use of bongos that just makes the if that if that theme song doesn't have as much bongo play as it does it doesn't work yeah it's it's um, like it's like they were like I have a I have a fever and the only prescription <laughs> is more bongos more bongos <laughs> it's, it's it's true I noticed that every when I rewatched the show I noticed that every episode I was like just bongos everywhere and I kind of love it. <laughs> So the music in that show is so random. It is. And and God bless the Music Meister episode. So let's let's get into uh s- some of the deeper stuff here. So what was your first introduction to Batman? It's kind of weird cuz I I I I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, you know, I really want to say my first introduction to Batman is the Super Friends show. Like that's really kind okay. of what I think it was. Um, cause you know, again, as we've mentioned much older than you, so I'm the right age. I'm like four or five years old when super friends is, is actually on TV. Mm-hmm. And then my father, he was, he was a younger dad. Like he was 21 when I was born and he was one of those people who read comics as a kid. So he like, here's a, here's a Batman comic. Here's this, here's that. So there's a lot of that, that he was not one of these guys like, well, comics are for, you know. I'm not going to let you read comics. He wanted me to read them. So mm-hmm. he was always willing to buy me a Batman comic or any comic I wanted. Um, so, I, but I do think it's super friends. And then of course, eventually the live action TV show, because you know, when I'm young, unless you, you know, your, your UHF station is where you would see Batman. And if your mm-hmm. UHF station didn't have it, you didn't see it. So you'd go like, I'd go to a different city and like, oh, hey, cool, that show's on. Or Voltron's actually playing here. So it was much later, probably like seven, eight years old before I saw the the Adam West show. Okay. Yeah, see, for me growing up, I mean, Super Friends and all that was was on. It was on Boomerang. But, yeah, you know, my mom or my grandma knew they could sit me down at a TV, turn on a Cartoon Network, and I would just sit there and watch Super Friends all damn day. So, uh, yeah, yes. the Super Friends was, it was, it was a great cartoon. It was great. It, it, it's interesting to go back. I mean, it doesn't hold up, but there's definitely yeah. like, like, it's funny. It, it's, it's a cartoon that's written by people who don't know the comics. So like, one of my favorite scenes is, is Batman, Robin, I think it's like green arrow and Superman are all in the Batmobile. And yes, I'm going to say that Superman is riding in the backseat of the Batmobile. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Why is Superman? <laughs> riding in the backseat of the Batmobile. He, he, he could fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those weird, like, uh, soups. What did you just want to talk to them? I don't understand. You, just, you tired, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> need it. Need a nap. Um, so 
Uh, <laughs> let me let, let's uh, so let's talk a little bit about Alfred. Let's talk a little bit about Alfred. Alfred is a okay. is a main staple in the Batman mythos. He ha, he has played a very important role. There always seems to be two different ways Alfred is portrayed. He's either portrayed as this kind of stern, involved sort of pseudo sidekick who taught him how to fight. Or there's one, or there's the other version is usually he's very warm, very comforting, kind of like the wise old janitor, father figure type Alfred. Of those two, which do you prefer? Uh, I think it depends on what age Batman is, to be honest with you. I think a younger Batman needs a mentor to help him get through with what he's trying to do. But I think as Batman gets farther along, especially when you start bringing Robins in, you need an Alfred who's going to keep him in check mm-hmm. and be that heart. And there's like this really cool. I, it was in a recent uh, issue of of Nightwing where Dick Grayson as Robin makes a huge mistake mm-hmm. and gets nearly taken down, and Batgirl has to save him. And Batman's going to walk in there and give him what for, and Alfred stops him and is like, no. And he's like, no, I have to. He's like, no. He's like, that boy does not need a lecture. He doesn't need you yelling at him. What he needs is to know that everything's going to be okay. And you have to make sure you be the person to do that. Mm-hmm. And it was just this really cool moment. And Alfred just tells him, like, if that's what you're here for, go back into the cave and, and I'll take care of this. But if you're going to go in there to be encouraging, go in there and be encouraging. And like, that's the Alfred Batman year four five eight nine ten needs so did that answer your question <laughs> no that's that's actually that's a much better answer than uh than i thought i was gonna get that <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense yeah he Al- alfred's one of those characters who's just he's always exactly what the writers need him to be he's kind of the Uh-oh. uh i lost you bro you there i am now sorry you were blank for a second okay what's the last thing you hear me say that's a really good answer yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, you know, cause I think, I think Alfred kind of works that way where he's kind of the, he's the thing that the right to be what the writers need him to be in the moment. He's, he's there to, uh, uh, provide whatever counsel is applicable to, to what's happening in that particular moment. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of weird, not, not to, to lean into this too much, but if Batman's the dad, Alfred almost has to be like the mother figure in a way of like the nurturing side. Cause you're not going to get that from Batman. No, that's true. That's very true. Um, so what would you say is something about Batman that just drives you nuts? Any anything, no matter what it is, what is something about the Batman about Batman the character or the Batman lore that just bugs you? You know, it's it's gonna be really counterintuitive because I've gone after the Snyder verse for making Batman a killer, but I understand as a writer of comics and having longevity of storylines, he can't kill his villains, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there definitely has to be a line of like, all right, (laughs) right. (laughs) How many more times does Joker have to escape and kill thousands of innocent people before it's like, I don't know if I have to be the person to murder this guy. But he needs to not be around anymore. How has how how he not gotten the death penalty yet? <laughs> yes. And I know that, that, like I said, it's comics. And he's yeah. been, and Batman's been around for almost 90 years now. So I don't think originally in the 50s, 60s, when they kind of... Because originally he did kill people. 
If he did. He, would, he kills he, the Joker in his first appearance. Yeah. So I think, like, I get it, but there definitely has to be a, like, again, I don't know if he should be the one who kills him, but definitely, like, I've got all the evidence, I've got all the things, we're going to, like, put you in a place that there's no way you can get out of, and I'm going to sit here and watch them end your life. <laughs> I'm going to be the priest on your death row because I want to make sure you don't come back and cause more problems. I think that's, and I think that's not so much at Batman per se, but that whole no killing thing, it does, especially when you get like red hood, who's like, how could you not kill this guy after he killed me? Yeah. Like what's it going to take for you to just end this dude? And I think that there's something to be said. I get the whole, if you know, if you murder, if you murder a murderer, you haven't reduced the number of murderers in the room. I get yeah. it, but there's there also has to be a level of okay, you don't want to kill Joker, but you need to make sure he is done. Yeah, and that that's yeah. that's probably the thing. I get uh, yeah, like it's easy to understand the moral standpoint they're taking with the no killing rules. Like I I get it, I, I do get it. But yeah, it does, and and also it does kind of, it kind of forces the writers to have to be a bit more creative because because it, it's super easy to write a story where Batman just offs the dude and then bam, he's he's not he's not a villain anymore. Like he, it's no longer a problem. Yeah. So um, it does kind of like I said, it does kind of force them to be a bit more creative storytelling wise. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't make as much sense as I think they think it does. Yeah, and I think also like then you have to create new villains if he starts killing his, and which is yeah. cool for like image comics that started in the nineties or, you know, a book that started four years ago, you just keep churning out people, but you know, it's the whole, you know, should you have killed Killmonger? Well, yeah, you should kill that dude. Cause he's going to F up Wakanda if you don't, but right. Man, we wish Michael Jordan was Michael B. Jordan was still around those movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was so good. So he was so good. Yeah. So then let me ask you this: What would you say has been Batman's greatest failure? Batman's greatest failure. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think Tower of Babel is his greatest failure. Like, how really? did you, the dude who? quadruple overthinks everything allow somebody to steal your shit like that's the one where i'm like like bro <laughs> <laughs> you literally have files to kill eliminate stop the power hitters of justice league your entire team and someone got to them and stole them and used them like that to me is ludicrous yeah i know it makes a great story but i'm like i need more on how that was able to happen like that to me like if it was like robin soul like you know like kind of the karen page thing with daredevil mm -hmm. where karen page is a strung out drug addict and she sells daredevil's identity to the kingpin for mm -hmm. crack or cocaine or whatever the crap that story was like something like that like, you know, Jason Todd, he resurrected, Rachel Gould resurrected him. And then, you know, hey, do this and I'll actually bring you, you know, something more than I was able to hack your stuff and get it. Or I mm. got in there and stole it. That to me is one of those weird, I know you need that, 
but I needed something more to that. Um, but I did like, cause I mean, once that stuff's out, I mean, they pretty much kick him out of the justice league. So that's where I, I think to me, that's probably one of his big, biggest failures. Um, because I think any other failure has been soft rebooted away. <laughs> ah. So, like, you know, the, the, the Dick Grayson thing for the longest time I thought was like, bro, like that's another one of those like Batman. No, you're just being a dick, man. <laughs> you're just being a dick. You know, the Tower of Babel thing's interesting because I actually really, really like how <laughs> they how they do it in the um the Sorry. animated movie. You're good. Uh, the animated movie uh Justice League Doom. Yes. To where it's it's something he really couldn't have planned for, and that's Mirror Master and that's Vandal Savage, two things that aren't in his wheelhouse. Um, it was because like, how does somebody get in there? Oh, mirrors with mirror mat. Like it's like, oh, okay, no, that that actually kind of explains that away then. And he wouldn't have any way anything to do with Vandal Savage because at this point, Vandal Savage is an unknown entity. So I Ex- thought that was a, a good way of handling that. I thought it was really cool. Except, what is that rear view mirror looking at? There is a gigantic jet engine on the back of that car. And <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting your point. <laughs> the review mirror doesn't look at anything. It just looks at the console behind him. There's no, it doesn't. <laughs> the first time I watched that movie, I was like, what does that do? Like he's in a cockpit. <laughs> oh, oh, I get what you're saying. Like, what's he actually looking? Yeah, no, that's a great one. Uh, that, you know what? That's, that's fair. It was there because they needed it for Mirror Master. <laughs> yes. the, the the idea of Mirror Master getting in there that way is cool. I would think he would have better security on the computer that he couldn't hack it. But that was cool. But I did have that moment of like, why does he have a rear view mirror? There's a jet engine behind him. There's no clearance. That's fair. That's totally fair. I didn't even <laughs> think about that. That's totally fair. Because you know, because anybody watching that's like, oh, it's a car. It's got a rear view mirror. Of course it does. And we just don't think about it again. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the side view. I'll give you side view mirrors. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> so that dude, all I think about is everybody listening to this episode going like, "Fuck, he's right." Yeah, this is the this is the moment in the Big Bang Theory where they found out about the whole Raiders of the Lost Ark plot hole, and everyone just kind of goes, "Oh." <laughs> um. So is there? Is there a because I'm 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 personally for the most part a big fan of a lot of the animated movies and stuff they've done. So is there one of those animated stories that you think would maybe work really well live action, or is there maybe like a a story arc that they haven't that that could be done really well as a movie that hasn't been touched yet? Uh, I sent it to you, Batman the Cult. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think Batman, the cult is one of those, like, I think it's, I think we talked about it in that particular episode. Like, I don't know how you do it and not skirt that offending freaking everybody. But I think that is, and I think the other part of that too, is at the time of that storyline, you had never seen Batman broken. Right. Now that's happened a little more in the books between Court of Owls and and Bane and you know the whole Thomas Wayne Batman City of Bane storyline that happened about two three years ago. That's kind of happened more often, 
But at the time, like that had never been seen. No one had ever broken him, let alone brainwashed him into joining their thing. Not even my favorite Ra's al Ghul could do that. Like he would join in temporarily, but then go like, no, this is too much. Mm. I think that would be a very interesting delve into the metal that is Batman, his internal, okay. like the metal of the man. And and I, I think that's a f- interesting thing to explore, whether it's like that's your Pattinson ep- movie three, or you do an animated style. It, my only thing I'd be scared with the animation is anytime they do some of their, those darker things, they pull back on it too much. Yeah. So you're never going to get, you know, the cult actually turning on him and killing <laughs> black fire. Well, and I've, I've got a little disillusion with the animated stuff lately because the last few they've done have been just, I mean, just awful. I mean, the, the injustice movie was, was abysmal. It was borderline unwatchable and uh hush was, was an absolute fiasco. So I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm a little disillusioned with the animated stuff, but live action, I I could definitely see that working in the in the Robert Pattinson Batman world, like especially with the way the Batman ended. But you, yeah, like we, like we said when we talked about it, it's like you'd be hard pressed to do that and not piss off two thirds of the world. Yeah, you'd you'd have to like I think I said it before. You'd have to make it that he's using that persona to do what he's doing and not that he actually is that person. Yeah. Which is kind of hinted at in that comic, but not fully explored. Um, well, you probably have to do it too, where it's not like Christianity. It have, have to be just some weird voodoo shit or something, but even then well, you're still pissing off a lot of people. I think you could do it. Christianity. I don't think you can say I'm a Baptist preacher or I'm a Presbyterian. He's just a preacher a pastor yeah. of some church who is doing these things. I don't know. Th- I don't know if you can make him a priest. Catholics have already got a bad name right now with their little things, bit. but a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's wrap up with, with just kind of this one, one last question here, which is what is something you would, what is something they haven't done yet? You would like to see done with Batman, whether it's in a movie or a comic book what is something you would like to see done that has not yet like just anything anything that you would like i would like to see them do x with a batman story i mean besides bring dick grayson as robin and then nightwing no <laughs> <laughs> no i i like you know what i would love to see in live action that even i don't even think fan films have done and they started doing it in the comics they've done i think one or two of the cartoons this way it's take the concept of Batman and put him in a different time period, mm-hmm. you know, like Gotham by Gaslight, or, I mean, Batman Ninja is an example. It's a horrible example, but it's an example, but not just like do what? It's not a good example. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's my not- point of like, you know, go to the, you know, <clears throat> colonial America and, this thing happens to him and he becomes Batman of that time frame. Or, you know, I don't know if medieval Batman works. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool, but I think playing with that, if you're going to do Elseworlds and other dimensions and give me 18 different Batman throughout various live actions at the same time, we can do some weird 
HBO Max six episode show of Batman in colonial times or, you know, Batman in the future, not Batman beyond future, but like, you know, that storyline. I think something like that would be a lot of fun. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a, a live action movie or a cartoon, but yeah, it's just like a six episode um, live action show of like Batman, you know, 1845 or, or something like that, where you just see, you know, this guy who returns from, maybe he returns home from the civil war and his lands and his family have been killed. And he goes on this weird revenge thing. And before he does that, he gets training in the far East or, you know, whatever. I think that would be fun. That would be something different and interesting. And you could, it would allow you to, kind of redo slash update his entire rogues gallery mm. and make it cool, but not like, Oh, they've redone Joker again because now it's 2010, not 1990. You know, you could just do that whole thing. And I think it would be a, it would be very interesting in, in my opinion that that's, I mean, I'm not that time frame might be fun, but just doing that would be cool. Like even, um, what was that? Star Wars, uh, what was that? Star Wars Visions? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, do something like that with Batman, where we just yeah. see him in different eras or different... Like, even that would be cool. I just think that is some, that's the next step, in my opinion, with some of these superheroes. Because unlike a lot... Like, Captain America, he he's he was born in World War II. Yeah. I don't know if you could create a Captain America except for World War II. But Batman, the concept of somebody seeking justice for the wrongs done to his family, that is a timeless and eternal concept that can be put anywhere. All right. Yeah, I would. I'm Because like they're doing they're working on one right now. It's called like Batman as Tekka. And it's going to be like a Batman that's like in this ancient tribe in Mexico. And I'm like that. You know what? Yes. Give me that. That I'm into that. That's cool. That's a neat idea. It's, 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 it's cool. I mean, it's like the, they did that with the crow for a while where like, you know, you know, the the movie, the cartoon, the comic, I'm sorry, the comic, the crow. Oh, 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 I know the crow. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. They, I think they did one where, I mean, it would be different people. I don't know if ever done time, other time periods. They should, but that's something like that, where that, that idea of vengeance or revenge or, or wanting to make, again, it could be any, anywhere. Yeah, I I I definitely be into just about any of that. Um, so guys, that has been us spending the last half hour really getting to know, getting getting to know Matthew Hasso as a Batman fan, and now you guys know a little bit more about us and how we work and how we think when it comes to our love for this character of the Dark Knight, and and all of you love this character as well. And so we always want to know what you guys think. Uh, so let us know on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at We Are the Batman. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Mike Shea. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. J Ninja. And if you guys ever want to know or have any ideas for a new episode or if you have any questions you want to ask us, make sure you go to our Twitter. Uh, there's a link on our Twitter that'll take you to a Google form where you can submit all that stuff. We're, we're looking to do another Q&A episode, so get your questions in whenever you can. And we'll see you guys again next time here on the next episode of We Are the Batman, same bat time, same bat podcast channel. <laughs>